They say that in the case of mysterious deaths, the first 48 hours are critical. If investigators can't make a breakthrough in that time, their chances of resolving the case are very much diminished. But what if you don't make a breakthrough in 48 hours or 48 days? What if you don't make a breakthrough in 48 years? Welcome to the mysterious case of Fred the Head, one of the UK's most baffling unsolved crimes. Episode 40 The Witness This is a different kind of episode. The whole episode consists of one set piece interview and it's a story we've heard before but not quite in this form. I mentioned in the last episode that it was time to put Frank Cunn to one side and concentrate on some of the other actors in this play and over the next four episodes that is exactly what we're going to do. And we're going to start by revisiting the story of Mr A. And for those of you who are far from convinced about this, I promise you it's just one episode. And that's why it's a long one. It's my interview with the man who claims to be the witness to Fred's murder. 90 minutes of that interview. And it's important to know that Rafe as we'll call him, has suffered some very serious health problems, including two strokes. So don't read too much into any hesitations on his part. That's just him searching for his own way to express what he's trying to say. But equally, that doesn't mean you have to take everything he says at face value. You'll hear me do exactly that when there are things that just don't make sense to me. But I felt this was an important interview to do for two reasons. This man claims to have been there when Fred was murdered. That's serious. He's implicating himself as an accessory to murder. That has to be taken seriously. And secondly, it's got to be on the public record. What if this just turns out to be true? If this is what happened? Now we've got it straight from the horse's mouth, forever. And for those who have already written this off as fantasy, it's fine, it's just one episode. We still have many, many other irons in the fire and we'll be getting into those in the next podcast. Oh, and one final thing. You'll hear me refer to Mr A. Sometimes Rafe, the interviewee, will call him Horace. It's the same person and neither name is correct. So sit back and listen to one of the most fascinating interviews I've done since starting this investigation. So I've been wanting to do this recorded interview for quite some time to get the whole story from the horse's mouth. And you are the horse, right? The horse. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do this in four bits. Okay. So I want to know everything we possibly can about Mr. A and his background. Secondly, I want to know everything we possibly can know about the person that you think is Fred, okay? And yeah, how he ended fine. up in Burton, 
how he ended up with Mr. A. Yeah. Thirdly, everything we can possibly know about the death of that person. Yeah. And your involvement in it, because you were there, weren't you? I was there, yeah. And fourthly, what happened 50 years later when you went to the police? That's fine, yeah. yeah. And there's a few little bits to add to that at the end as well that I want to touch on, but that that's the agenda. One of the things we should mention is that, you know, you've written books about this. I have, yes. Five books. Five books. And some people will say, well, you know, books are fiction and this is fiction. And, yeah. and this, this is based on a true, the true story. And that true story is, is your true story. My true story. Yeah. yeah. So all those books and everything we're going to talk about now actually happened. It happened, yeah. Let's start from the beginning. I was told by three family members of what happened in them days. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I saved my auntie for a few years. She told me the same sort of thing. It's, uh, so it's consistent throughout the family? Consistent, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and let's just say a couple of things first. Rafe is not your real name. It's not my real name. Mr. A is not Mr. A's real name. No, that's right. But pretty much everybody else we're going to be talking about, with maybe an exception that I'll mention at the time, yeah. uh, are probably are close to the real name. Yeah. I'm not using his name because he's got family. He, you know, he, he was a bit of a, uh, a woman's man, and he's got um, quite a few relationships with, with children. So... Uh, there's something that they're growing up now, some of yeah. them are. So just to respect just their respect privacy. Their privacy yeah. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So what? let's start with your relationship to this man, Mr. A. Yeah. So just give us a quick idea of how you fit into this family. He's, he's, he's my mother's brother. Okay. He's the youngest of the family. Right. And so, and you knew him. Pretty much all your all my life, all, my, yes, all yes. your life. First recollection of him was in his RAF uniform when I was four. Right, when he's going to do his national service. Okay, I know, and I independently confirm this, but you've confirmed it as well. We know when this man is born. This this guy's born in 1937, yeah, in sure. April 1937. Tell me about his life from an early age, as much as you remember it. Yeah, well, I know that he was. He went to the grammar school. He was, he was a clever lad. Yeah. Because uh, you had to pass the 11 plus in those days to go to grammar schools. So they I, didn't. He had a, a teacher there, Mr. Matt, with him. You know, um, abused him. Abused him. Yeah. And what age? Physi physically. Okay. He was 13 and a half. Phys physically or sexually? Sex I mean, sexually, yeah. Sexually, okay. yeah. Yeah. So he would have been what age at that point? 13 and a half. Okay. And uh, the, first, the first thing, when he went through the door to his office, he touched his backside, and he, he thought at the time, oh, no, it's a bit of a mistake. Hmm. But then when he got to the desk, he put his hand around his crutch area. Right. So that, he lapped him all then. Uh, <laughs> right, so he thumped him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that wouldn't have go down, gone down no, well. So, it, so what happens from it, there to him? It was, it was sent home hmm. um, because uh, they didn't believe his, his story that... Uh, the teacher done what the teacher did to him, which was often the case in those days. It was, yeah. yeah. Kids weren't believed. Weren't that, they? No, that's right. No. And uh, he went home to his his parents. Well, his mum and dad was at work, and uh, 
told about it and his uncle there, my uncle Bill was there and uh, he told him, so he said, I'll, I'll come to school with you. Because mm. um, my granddad wasn't very, very, if it were, but he wasn't very well, he had lung problems and mm. um, heart problems. So Uncle Bill went with him to uh, school and uh, had a bit of a ding dong because mm. they said they didn't not believe in him. So they just expelled him and because uh, Bill was forthright, he's always been forthright through his life. And, uh, and Uncle Bill is an important part of this whole story, isn't he? He was his mentor. So, so Uncle Bill, take, he was a very influential figure on Mr. A yeah. as a child and later. Goes to school with him, they have it out, but he ends up being expelled. Yes, expelled, yeah. So he's, he, it's 1950, he's 13 and a half, he's just been expelled from grammar school. Yeah. Can I ask a question though? Did that leave a mark on him? In the, and what I mean by that is, you know, clearly he'd been sexually assaulted yeah. by a man. Yeah. If his story is to be believed. It's definitely, definitely believed, yeah. And did that, did that, change his attitude to you know, gay men, for example, after that. It, it changed my attitude as well, because a similar thing happened to me when I was 14, 15. Okay. I um, ended up going um, queer bashing. Yeah. And do you think Mr. Ray was, had a similar thought process on that in terms of... In terms of oh, God, yeah. Yeah, he hated them. Yeah. Okay. He, and if, if he could do on a bad turn, he would do. And that's... A mm. physical, physically, no, a physical way. Um, okay. okay, okay, okay. So what does Mr A end up doing after he's been expelled from the school? Does he go back to another school? Do no, no, because he, he can leave school at 14 anyway in them yeah, days. Because yeah. yeah, and uh, so he, he just, for the six months, he worked, he worked at uh, the garage mm -hmm. and uh, with Mr Rush and uh, yeah, carrying on working there. He's been expelled, but he's got a job. And things are reasonable, I would imagine. And Kidori loved it, yeah. Yeah. So how did things start to go wrong in terms of taking him to a, a criminal life, if you like? Yeah. It all started, he was back home from seeing his friends at Windsor. Mm. And uh, he was back over the Ossay. And he saw this, look like a tramp fella, but it turned out to be a Polish immigrant. Mm. And... Uh, he was riding his bike, and so he, he, when he saw him, he jumped off his bike and on, onto this uh, assailant. And so, so, right, you need to explain that again. So this Polish guy... He, he, he was beating up this... He, he was attacking someone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thump, no, thumping her in the, in the head and face. And so this Polish guy was attacking a woman. Attacking this woman, yeah. And the person we call Mr A saw that yeah. and got involved. He got involved, yeah. Okay. And, and he, how old would he have been at this point? 14. Pretty much fresh out of the school yeah, situation. Yeah, that's right. So working in the garage. Yeah. And now he sees this incident. And just talk me through what happened in that incident. Well, he was, he was riding, riding his bike. He jumped off the side of the bike onto the bloke in the black coat and black mm. hat, mm. knocking him over onto, onto the ground. Mm. They had a bit of a tussle. Mm. This immigrant was... Uh, a lot stronger than what he was because only a kid, mm. and he started kicking him in the head. Mm. And uh, but then it brought to the attention of other people that was round round the hot say it's town by the river, mm. and uh, so they came rushing up. And uh, mm. so, no, there's some blokes did and uh, helped helped him out, and uh, some called for the police and the ambulance, and uh, which is in bad way. Mm. And uh, he's helping 
He's stopping for 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 a few years. uh, He he was a apparently he was a salt of the earth. No, could would do anything for anybody, right? And uh, even later on, until he got to sixteen, seventeen, he was okay. But that incident where he saved that woman's life also becomes quite an important factor in his life doesn't it if i understand that correctly because of who she was yeah that's right it turned out that this woman was married to a, a, a person called sir sandy carpenter now that we don't think that's his real name no, no, no that that's a name our, our, similar to what it was now is that because you don't remember his actual name or because you want to avoid using his actual name both both, both really so uh, i'm sure it's Similar, it's very similar to that, but it's not. It's not that, and I don't want to use it because, again, complications or because mm. of who he was. And who was he? What was his role? He sounds an important man. Yeah, he was the. Uh, to start with, he was the head of head of the or an area of what they used to call them the Baker Street boards, but then they, they changed and then to, to the SOE. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, so the SRE is the Special Operations Executive. Yeah, executive. Yeah, that's right. Which yeah. is kind of related to the Secret Service. See, that's right. It is, yeah. And uh, and became the SAS. Becomes the SAS later on. It does, yeah. yeah. In, in fact, Mr A, after doing his National Service, he went in the SAS for a chart, no, for a six months um, training. Okay. And we'll come to that in a bit. So... Mr. A, as a 14-year-old child, yeah. has become involved in an incident where he he could have saved the life of the wife... He definitely did, yeah. ...of, of one of very senior people yeah. in the SOE. Yeah, that's right, yeah. We sh- we'll come back to that. Yeah. But in this kind of golden period for him, when he's between 14 and 17, does that, the fact he's been involved in that and saved that woman, help him in any way? It, it was protected nearly all his life, his, his life through what he did then. It was useful, this organisation. So Mr A becomes useful yeah. to essentially the, the Secret Service? Secret Service, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a quite a few factors that changed him. Yeah. One was his first girlfriend was a, a canal girl. Hmm. Um, about boat, boat's girl, her daughter. Yeah, and and there are millions of canals around here. I mean, Burton's got canals. Yeah, all over. They used to, they used to run from BT, BTR. BTR. Yeah, yeah. and uh, up up to London, um, the south, um, the north. You know, quite a few places they used to go to. Well, it's the heart of the kind of canal network. Yeah, it, that's right. right yeah. yeah. So his first girlfriend worked on a canal boat. Or lived on a canal lived, boat. Lived on a canal boat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What's what, how would that turn in? Because Mr. Rust Garage owner's father-in-law, he thought he was a bit of a villain, no, but uh, oh. wanted to be not a Mr. Big or anything like that, but, you know... But well, it's a bit of a local gangster. Local gangster, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's the father-in-law of the man who owns the garage he's working at. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And uh, they wanted Mr. Rust to do, to do some criminal activity, which he was dead against. Who did this his father-in-law. Okay. And um, so said, uh, okay, um, I'll do it for him. He did He did a, few, a couple of jobs. I mean, can you, any idea what those kind of jobs were? Well, yeah, one, one was uh, nicking tyre from Crowley. Right. Uh, 
because the canal at that time, well, yeah. it still does, run past the Prally factory. Yeah. And the towpath is adjacent to Prally uh, Remo's section at the time. Yeah. And uh, it, it, tires were stacked outside, so they just go, they went, used to go and nick them and uh, fill the boat up with them and then, then go again. Right. So this was criminal activity on the canal. On the, on the canals, yeah. So they, they'd... They'd navigate a boat down to where Pirelli was, yeah. kind of lay it up outside, fill it full of tyres, yeah. which are not cheap. No, that's right. Uh, and then make the escape very slowly. Yeah, very, yeah, yeah, very slow. <laughs> if, if late at night, no, yeah. no, no one was going to bother him. So, so I don't know where they took him to, whether it's uh, offloading him somewhere else, I don't know. Because this is Mr A getting involved in these things. He got involved in that, yeah. Okay. To, yeah. Save, to save his boss getting involved, because he, he, he really didn't want to... Get involved with it. But there was some pressure on him to do something uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And one of the jobs um, told the police about it. Hmm. You know, he thought, no, there's a girl on Tim Watch now. So, so Mr. A informed he, he for, he informed on him, yeah. Yeah. The final of the garage owner and uh, some of his oppos um, kidnapped the canal girl uh, so that Oris would do the other jobs for him. And uh, no, we won't get her back again until he's uh, finished doing these jobs. It took a while with through his uncle Bill and mm. some com- comrades he used to have in the. He, he, he was still friendly with from the army. Uncle Bill, was yeah, yeah, mm. and uh, three of these people who was keeping eye on the garage mm. uh, took him to, to um, Sarnia House mm. and uh, tortured him until uh, they found out where they where they took her. Then they disposed of him. Then after that. Got killed him. Oh, killed him, yeah. You know, yeah. And then um, disposed of him where? I don't know where that was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, where, where, the girl. The girl. No, she, she was taken. She was, they found out she, she was taken to Luton and, uh, just off the dog track. This, this, this person. Off the Greyhound racing track. The Greyhound racing track, yeah. Right. And this um, person kept, kept Greyhounds. Hmm. And, uh, well, him and his brother. Hmm. And, uh, so that they, they went down to Luton and found found her where she was and uh, disposed of those two of them two as well. It, uh, and what happened to the girl? She she was in a bad way. So Horace took her back to the boat, found out that the way he knew where the boat was. He left her there, and they got a phone call about three weeks later to say that she hung herself on the on the towpath. In Battenberg. Yeah, no, this, I don't know where 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 it was. I really don't know where it was. The thing was. She felt she was pregnant, and she, she she was pregnant because of what had happened to her when it had been. She thought with, with she thought she thought so, and um, okay. So how do you know all that detail? I was told about by Horace. It's uh, by the man himself. Yeah, and, and, and and the auntie and Uncle yeah. Bill. They all they all knew the story. They all knew the story. They all knew that story. They all knew the story. Yeah. So that story you just told us about nicking stuff from uh, stealing stuff from Pirelli in the in the canal uh, in the canal boat, the girl being taken away as kind of a hostage. Yeah. And ultimately committing suicide. That's right. That that was told to you by a number of people. Yeah, it family. was. Yeah. And it turned out that baby the fetus was uh, a lot older than the. Three weeks or four weeks, six weeks, whatever, how long it was. It was um, three months about the feet it was. Which probably so means it was, it was ours, yeah. 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 How old is he at this point, Mr. Ray? It was 16. So 16. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's been involved in this heroic 
act. Yeah. But he's also found himself involved in criminal activity. Criminal activity. Yeah. And he's also his girlfriend, who obviously must have thought something of, yeah. uh, is now dead. Yeah. Can I say one, one thing? Yeah. That's, a, that's the thing he never got over. All the relationships he had after that never lasted because he was always thinking of Charmaine when, when, when he was uh, with the other women. Charmaine, a real name? That, that was a real name, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he's still a young man, still only 16. 16, yeah. So it's, it's, in, it's still in the early 50s. Yeah. 50, yeah. 1953, probably. 53. Probably when you were churning up. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Let's talk about how he develops from there, because at the age of 16, he's seen a lot, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's seen a hell of a lot. And more, he's seen more than I'm telling you. But that's all I can I can't tell you what, all of Just it. give us a sense of the stuff he can't tell us then. Um what kind of stuff has does has he seen? The torture, the things they did. Um what to the to the gangster enemies. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Okay, where were these people from, the people that he killed? From Birmingham. Okay. Um and was that part of this whole canal? I, I know some a lot of decent people. Mm. Quite a few de- uh, dodgy ones as well. What back in the day? In the day, yeah, yeah. It uh, okay. And Burton and Birmingham are linked by the canal. They like go through Fadey Junction, you there. Yeah, and not very far down, yeah. down the road. But Mr. A had seen the kind of, and maybe been involved with, the torture. Yeah, he it, it involved in, later on in his life, he involved in that. It, uh, but he witnessed it. He witnessed it, yeah. Okay, at an early age. So let's let's talk about how his criminal career developed, if you can put it that way. So he's 16, he's involved with some fairly low-level crime. Yeah, that's right. But how does, how does that develop on over the course of the next 10 or 15 years? Everything that goes wrong in his life, he blames on the, these criminals and thinks if they, can get, if they can get away with it, why can't I? Mm. You know, I, 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 I want some of this. Mm. And uh, so... He didn't have any formal qualifications, I not, guess. Not, not, not at all, nothing at all, no. But he was a clever... He, he could... By six, 16... He went he to could, school. Yeah, by 16, he could take a car engine out, strip it down, put it back together again. When he was 17 and a half, he, he could lift a car engine with a rope around his neck out of out of a vehicle. It's, he had some muscles on him by then. And, uh, Let, well, let's just talk about him physically. You know, let's say when he was... You know, in his early twenties, was he? I mean, was he a tall man? Was he, he was not tall as me? He was six foot. Well, no one's as tall as you. He's <laughs> <laughs> a basketball player. Yeah, he's around about six foot. Okay, yeah, which is taller than average for that time. In that time, yeah, and well built. Well built, yeah, well built, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's two things I need to talk about. Firstly, he ends up doing his national service. Yeah, in the RAF. Yeah, and. Normally, I think people did national service about seventeen, didn't they? Something that yeah, kind of age. It's around about seventeen, but he, he went in at eighteen. He went into his national yeah. service at eighteen. Yeah, yeah. So he'd, he'd be working in the garage, picking up engines with his neck, yeah, or whatever, or his teeth, or his teeth, <laughs> his hair. But eighteen, just national service. Yeah. So let's talk about his national service, and because that I think becomes important, doesn't it? It does because um, the area where he went and. To do his national service, he went to Wimsold, right. RF Wimsold, Transport Division. Yeah, which is in which is near Loughborough, near Loughborough in yeah. Leicestershire, That's which right. is about thirty-five miles away. Yes, roughly, yeah, roughly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's RF Wimsold, which is a transport logistics unit. At That's right. 
Yeah. Okay. He was there. He did his, he did his basic training mm. plus because that was his background. That was his background. So he said, "Well, we can you can be, we can use you." Yeah. Given that's what, right. You know, yeah. You're off here in the and the transport logistics thing. That's right. Maintaining yeah. the yeah the, the trucks and lorries, presumably. But when he's doing his national service, they realised how good he was at shooting gun, like shooting. You know, it, 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 it was a marksman. It was marksman. Yeah. Okay. And because uh, he's taught that by Uncle Bill from an early age, going into woods to shoot him deer, no, muntjac deer and uh, rabbits. Mm. Just hesitate there in a, second, in a sense, because I, I wouldn't mind speaking a bit more about Uncle Bill. Because Uncle Bill is this guy who was very influential in relation to Mr. A's yeah, life. Yeah, he, he came out of the, well, he, he went into the um, Royal Marine. And Uncle Bill did. Uncle Bill, yeah. This is Second World War. Second World War. So he's born in the 20s. Yeah. He was born in 1920, he was born. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he's 19 in 1939, yeah. so he's going to see the whole of the yeah, war. the whole lot, yeah. So just, just talk about Uncle Bill. And well, he, he went in the war. army just before the war. He went okay. in, I think of 37, he went in the okay. The year Horace was born, he went in, he, that's when he, when he went in. Yeah. And um, he, went, he served his time in the, in the Far East. It wasn't a nice place to be. Well, in the, jung- in the jungles, so of Bur- in the jungles of Burma. You're in Burma. Yeah. In Burma, it's wet. It's damp. Japanese aren't aren't taking prisoners. No, it's kill or be killed, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, and often behind the lines. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so he spends most of the war in the Far East. Uncle Bill, we're talking about. Yeah, now. he did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. To, but he's a tough cookie. Very tough. Yeah, very tough. Yeah. And he'd seen some action. He's seen some action, and and uh, so he's a he's a proper soldier. A proper soldier. Uh, now, did that bring him to the attention of people? I'm talking Bill still now. Did that bring him to the attention of the army and, and, and other people associated yeah, yeah, with the yeah. army? So you talk, tell me how kind of Bill develops, in term, particularly in, in terms of his relationship with outside the army. Outside, yeah. Outside, yeah. yeah. After the war, it was sent, it was sent to um, Korea and uh, because the North Koreans were... yeah. That's 1950. 1949, 50, yeah. So, now, the reason I just mentioned Bill, if I understand it correctly, Bill ends up with connections. Yeah. When he gets back from Korea, he has to go to a, a, um, a deep brief with people. There, there's people from the government there. Mm. And um, that's when he was first noticed as, as being, you know, very good at very good at his job, and so therefore potentially useful. Very useful down the track. It was very useful, yeah. Right. So that's Uncle Bill. Yeah. Now Uncle Bill is Mister A's uncle. Yeah. But and, and he's a very interesting character in his own right. But and and the two stories do intertwine. They do. Uh, but I want to come back to Mister A now. Yeah. So Mister A is is at Wines World. Yeah. Uh, in in Loughborough, and he's. He's a he's a marksman because he knew Uncle Uncle Bill. Yeah, and he did all he did a lot of that when he was yeah. growing up. But equally, he's also very very he's a smart lad, and yeah. he's also very good with cars. Yeah. So how does how does Mister A's development take place? Uh, his military service and afterwards. Yeah, well, after, well, in, in the military service, he, he was uh, he was transferred transferred to Horia Holton. Alton in Buckinghamshire. Yeah, that was a joint forces um, operation they used to do there in them mm. days. Horris went with the SAS because he, he did six month training with them. But anyway, 
mm. and uh, to do a few sorties, what the, these people call them. And uh, mm. with also Bill knowing the people in the Secret, Secret Service, they, they did things, one ran things really. Things uh, are not are not widely reported. No, they won't be reported at all. No, no. Right, and. Was Mr. A involved in those things when he was doing his national service, or was that later? That, 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 that. It finished the national service. Right. It had gone to Walton. Yeah. Uh, way it went to RAF Newton as well, to Nottinghamshire. Okay. And, uh, and okay. So did he see his career then being in the army, not working in garages back in Burton? I mean, it, or was he doing both? He wanted both. He wanted both. He wanted the full works. Okay. But I think it was RAF Newton where, 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 where he was... Um, um, a military policeman, right? And just uh, from there, he, he was part of the FIB, which is the Forces Intelligence Bureau, right? And they helped the government, and that's another reason now he got in the back door. Right. Uncle Bill was on the front, round the front door. He went round the back door, and uh, they did things that to get rid of. People who are against the crown, you know, it's doing things against the crown. So, part of what they did on the quiet, both Uncle Bill uh, and Mister A, yeah. were be given assignments, assignments by yeah. by some somebody in special branch, That's right. Secret Service, to say we need you to liquidate that person, yeah, because they're a danger, the danger to, 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 to the, the country. country. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and uh, which you know, let's be let's remember when we're talking about this. We're talking about the mid fifties. Yeah, uh, Cold War. Cold War, absolutely. And that's that, that's where we're going to in yeah. a minute. That yeah, is, so. yeah. And it's good that we're putting these laying these bricks in place. Yeah, we're going to build right. something on it. Yeah. So these two are, are kind of they've got their normal lives. Yeah. And they've got this clandestine. That's right. Secret, 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 secret service. Secret life. Yeah. And they never got paid. Through the Secret Service, whatever they could, they could get uh, out of the people they they were disposing of, yeah. No, they keep they keep money or cars or okay. Um, so the spoils of war. Spoils of war. That's what I'm thinking spoils of. Spoils yeah. of war. Yeah, they were well. Yeah, spoils. Okay, I've wrote it down so many times as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. So, one other thing before we move on, where does RAF Luffenham? fit into this because that's another yeah. RAF station that's that I right. know he was at so that's right. talk to me through that and that's where he, he lived in the village near there hmm. uh, when he when he met his first wife when was when, when he yeah, yeah. when was this I think this would have been about 49 49 no sorry no sorry 49 59 59 yeah 59 so, yeah so okay so he's just if, if it's 1959 he's 20 Two. Yeah, and he's been moving around these different RAF sites and RAF stations. Yeah. And he, there's one he went to was RAF Luff, Luffingham. Luffingham, yeah. And that 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 was um, he went to a language school there. Right, Luffingham. Just for people who won't know it and who does know it, is uh, is another one in Leicestershire. Yeah, it's on, on near Leicestershire, Leicestershire border. Yeah, really. yeah, it's a bit further over, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. it's probably sixty miles. 50 sixty miles, miles yeah, here. yeah. So, so he ends up at Luffenham. And so, just tell me a little bit more about what he was doing at Luffenham. He, say, so he, he, he was. He, he used to live in it there with his first wife, hmm. and uh, he used to go to language school. He used to dress up. Uh, someone said before in one of the 
podcast that uh, Mick, yes, Mick Gooden used to live with him mm. and uh, used to get dressed up and I doled up and drive fancy cars. Uh, yeah, because he was he had a, he was working on a ga- in a garage there, wasn't he? He was, yeah, well. yeah, he was, yeah, and he was and he was because if I understand it correctly, he was working. That was his actual job was working in the garage. Working in the garage, yeah. Luffenham just happened to be next door. That was like night school. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it, you know when he finished work, he'd, he'd, he'd go off there. Yeah, and, uh, to Luffenham, which, which is odd because yeah. me and you just couldn't enrol to no, a night school in the RAF. No, it's because he was a member of the, of the FRB. And um, he, he could get, he had a card and he could get any military station he wanted to. But why was he doing the language, you say? What was that all about? Because of what's coming next. He was, he was learning yeah, Russian. He, he, was, he was learning Russian and German. Mr. A was yeah. learning Russian and German. Yeah, yeah. They were useful languages to know at the height of the Cold War. That's right, yeah, that's right. And uh, they got plans for him. They, they already know something happening. In the ni- early 1960s, or probably from 1960s, the government was talking about the Polaris submarines. Correct. Right. So let's let's just hesitate at that point. Yeah. We've reached the end of section one, yeah. which was getting Mr. A from being born and all the stuff he goes through to around 1960. Yeah. yeah. But all this time, understand it correctly, and I've spoke to a number of members of your family. Yeah. Uh, he was always up to no good. He was always doing things on the side. He was. He always had more money than he should have had. All, and yeah, it, it, but that's it. Yeah, yeah. And you don't get. And he wasn't getting it from not from the garage. He wasn't doing no. a of extra hours in the garage, was he, to get it? Because I mean, that was just basic. I, I worked in the garages. Mm. The, he had the, more the money than he should have had. And I, I, I was broke all the time. Yeah. And, uh, so we think there was money coming into his hands from nefarious. Yeah, that's means. right. Yeah, yeah. Now they may have been. To do with the work he was doing, extracurricular work for the secret services. Yeah, that's right. Or it could have purely been it, it, it was, criminal activity. He was doing, doing criminal. It, it, it was through his early life when he was sixteen, seventeen. Uh, his father had, had a lockup, and um, they had lots, lots of stolen goods in that lockup. Where was that in Burton? In Burton, down the Victoria. Um, that's oh, Crescent, Victoria Crescent. One of these dodgy things he's doing for his, that his boss didn't want to do, and the things that he's taken out for him was printed documents, forged documents, forged documents, and of the, what type? Oh, I was told that these were barabonds that, that they were forging. They called again barabonds, barabonds. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the um, it's like um, take it to any bank and that, that exchange the cash. And there'd be a mount on them, and uh, they would um, exchange it all for cash. He was creating forgeries of those. There was creating forgeries, yeah. Okay. And what? When are we talking here? Are we talk. This is probably fifty-two, fifty-three. It, uh, as early as that. As early as that, yeah. And it was fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, that's when. Is it when is? Yeah, when is? When doing the things is. Boss didn't want to do. He, he was taking these. He was taking these to airfields. Um, so that that was another example of his criminal activity yeah, in, that's right. in his earlier yeah, life. But he was getting into that. Right, right. People who would work in the press 
And when we say press, we're talking about the printing the press. The printing press, and that, yeah. that, that was down um, Blackpool Street. In Burton. In Burton. And, uh, and this is for these Barrow Bonds? The Barrow Bonds, whatever they were. I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember what, remember what I'll I said. I'll find out. Yeah. And then uh, these, the, the, those three people disposed of again. And, they were disposed of, yeah, those yeah, three people. Yeah. When you say disposed of, you mean killed? They're killed, yeah, yeah. And uh, floated all way down in the trench. So it. Um, so, so these lads in Burton and Burtonian people. The, the, these were, I think, were from Birmingham. They, 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 were, they, they, they had the press out of the way, so no, no, no. So it wasn't it was. in Birmingham. Yeah, but it was close. Close, yeah. But these three lads ended yeah. up being killed. That's right. By whom? By Uncle Bill and his, and his lads. By uh, Uncle Bill. By Uncle Bill. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so Uncle Bill had a bit of a gang himself, then. He did, yeah. It, uh, but this was through the, through these services. It was nothing to do with. You no, know, he, he wasn't going to do it. He's not on his off his own bat. You know, it, like Horace. It, yeah. uh, so, so, so just to finish that bit then. So if, if Uncle Bill polished off these three yeah. fellas, was that on the direction of the Secret Service? Yeah, because they, they knew that this, the, the, these barabons or whatever was going to impact on on the wealth of the of the country. Because the, so they couldn't just arrest them. They, they couldn't arrest them. No, no. So they'd have to get rid of them. What? Why couldn't they just arrest them? Though, I mean, that's a, because they, they had a wider network. At Birmingham and f further afield as well, so they, they didn't want them to know that they'd been arrested or anything. They just dis they'll just dis disappear without trace. And uh, okay, fine. So, and uh, so Morris had the bright idea of nicking the press, and right, and uh, he stole that. And uh, so the press and the press comes into this story later on. That comes it? into story later on. Right. So. All right, we've got to 1960. Interesting. Uh, let's turn our attention now to the man that you believe is Fred. Yeah. And how he ends up in Burton and what he was up to. And I should say, for the listeners' purposes, the original story on this that you told me is not the story that we're about to talk about now, is no, it? No, no, because... I if I'd have told you all this at the start, said, oh, I'm going to Taunton and I've never seen you again. Yeah, I'd probably end up floating down the canal. <laughs> because you wouldn't have believed, and, and people listening won't, won't believe it neither. But, um, well, let's, ha let's have it and, yeah. and then we'll, 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 they can make their yeah. own minds up. Height of the Cold War, the UK is developing with the United States something called the Polaris, Polaris. Nuclear. Nuclear submarine. Nuclear, nuclear, submarine. nuclear yeah. And, and the, the, the reason why that this is a big step change in submarine technology is that it's powered by a, a small nuclear Engine. reactor, reactor yeah, yeah. Uh, which can give it almost limitless energy and therefore it doesn't have to service, doesn't have to get... No, no, no. It's underwater for three years. And this is the very height of military technology it is. in the world at yeah. that point. And it was very secret as well. Extraordinarily yeah. secret. Yeah. And we know, because I've... We've done some research into this. I think we've covered it a bit on the podcast. There were a lot of spies in the UK from the from Eastern Bloc. Eastern Bloc. Desperate to find out more about yeah. Polaris. Right. Over to you. So what happened? There was 12 people came over. And there was all around the coast to start with. When you say 12 people came over, 12... 12, 12 um, Russian spies. Came over. Yeah. 
When? Yeah. yeah now, now it's 62. So they came over in 62. Yeah. 12 Russian spies yeah. were somehow got into the UK. Yeah. Came over on a boat, then train, transferred to a fishing boat, then they transferred to, to, another, to different fishing boats. Somewhere in the North Sea. Somewhere in the North Sea. And they went they went off separate ways into the, the West, down down to Devon. Devon was an important part for well, them. Well, it was. Because yeah. obviously they're, yeah. they're big ports. That's right. Kevin Ball is a big yeah. uh, Royal Navy That's right. establishment. So, so let's just deal with this. So we've got 12 Soviet bloc, probably Eastern Europe as well, yeah. Eastern German uh, spies with a specific task, presumably. Each of them will have specific tasks. The, the, well, the tasks were, were to, like, um, Portsmouth, Plymouth, you know, get get people, have not what, what ships were in there at the time and think, um, what military hardware was there. Right. And um, even around this area, we had Hilton Depot, uh, we had Martin Depot, and we had Brampton Depot. Yeah, and the... the, the, the they, but then aren't they just normal kind of army supply depots? So. The, well, the vehicles they 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 wanted to get all the army vehicles and then we, we, try to you know, probably try to well I know to take out to take over the country uh, you know and uh, use the vehicles because it wasn't just Soviet spies they got they got English people for money. Yeah, um, helping helping them as well. It's, uh, okay, okay. So let's focus down on Fred now, or the person we think. Yeah, think is Fred. I, I, I know he's Fred. Yeah, if he, is he one of these twelve people? Yeah, oh yeah. There was three. Now I know the real names, but they were called Paul. That's Paul Waldron. Yeah, Mark Tomlinson. Yeah, and there, there was Rick Milford. But where are they in 19... When they land, yeah. as part of this 12... Yeah, they're part, part they of Furness. They've gone to Barrow and Furness. To, to get work in the shipyards. And the reason for that is that's where Polaris... That's where Polaris was. ...is being developed. That's right. So these... The three we're interested in... Uh, okay, in Cumbria, which is the, which is in the, the extreme northwest of that's England. That's right, yeah. So they get work in, ship, in the shipyards, do they? Now, they, they, now, all, they all got work in the shipyards, yeah. Now... Wouldn't they have stuck out like a sore thumb, though? Eastern European and Russian spies. Yeah, well, they had Geordie accents. They, 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 when they went to language school in, in the country they was in, they they, they they learned the English language. Then they, they learned different dialects of the English language, specifically to, to fit in into the into the community. Into the community that they're going into. That's right. Yeah. So it was a fairly sophisticated, as you'd expect. Yeah. It was a fairly sophisticated That's operation. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the part of the Eastern European. That's right. So they end up in Baron Furness, presumably trying to find out as much as they can about what's going on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the, the actual, the main thing they wanted to find out was, was the hull of the, ve- the, of the boat to, you know, to find out the weak spots, the weak point on on the hull of the boat and. Um, they knew they knew from the American sources where where all about the, the actual missiles. That no, that that, that was, they they wanted to sink that. They wanted to sink that boat. They wanted to know where to hit it. And uh, so, one mm. one this poor Walden who he wasn't. As I say, a well man. He he wasn't a strong person, and he had 
Portocalis. And uh, yeah, but isn't that why would they pick someone with a deformity? Because it, it, it fit in. You know, it, 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 they use people who are different so that they don't seem a threat. No, someone who looks a bit strange you know, would be easy to fit in than people who, who yes, talk, 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 the, talk the talk. Big strapping. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so they're in Barrow on third. Yeah. How did they end up in Burton? What happened was the government found out that these, these three didn't have proper tax records, uh, no national insurance records. Mm. So they did, did a bit of digging and um, realised that, that no, they couldn't be British. And uh, so... Because there's no history. To no history to them at all. No record. No, no record, nothing at all. No. That's sure. Yeah, nothing that's wrong with it. Uh, so um, that's when Horace was sent up there. And by the way, yeah, when just on the side, when we when we looked for these names, they didn't exist. Didn't exist because because they, they, they weren't the real names, were they? It's, um, they they realised they had to get them away from Cumbria because of, because of the, all the Polaris. They didn't want to. Yeah. They, they didn't want there any longer. Yeah. So they pretended to arrest him and take him to um, an RF place yeah. uh, establishment where they, they imprisoned him there. And then um, to go, to, I'm going to say to cut a long story. It, it, um, Aris and two others um, were supposed to take him from the RS station to London for interrogation. Okay, but um, they actually didn't do that. They they brought him to the to the, to the Midlands. So why why was a job given to? Mr. A to do that. I mean, he's, he's a. Because their age. It, it, it was the only, only one, I think, at that time. It was that age. And had a, um, a life that wasn't deemed to be uh, on this special secret service. Uh, yeah, but they wouldn't know that. I mean, they have no. No, 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 but they're, they're always, always wary of people looking after it. Especially when, when there's. Yeah, but they've been arrested by this point. Yeah, they've been arrested by this point, and they, they, but it just seems odd to me that they would have picked this, plucked this guy from the middle of nowhere near in Burton to say, "Go and bring him yeah. to London," and not a minute. Well, there, 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 there was two of them went up there. Okay. Uh, well, three actually, but um, um, there was two specifically one went up there to bring him back and make make friends with him and uh, even find him jobs. Uh, he found him. Why? Why then? Because why do not just arrest him and throw no, him? That, 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 that was, because people. all around the country they had, they had spies and they knew they had some in around Burton area. I don't know whether it's Burton, Burton to start with what I don't know, but uh, they knew they had some around here and they wanted them to mm, find out where they were, mix and mix with them, and so they killed two birds with one stone. It's, uh, so, just so I understand that, they're brought back to Burton and essentially. Given a free reign, free reign, yeah, in the hope that they would reveal the spies, yeah, that's wrong. Is that what you mean? That's wrong, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, right. So they end up in Burton with Mr. A, yeah, 
and as a, one more person who was tracking him all the time. Do we know who that other person is? And can you talk about that other person? Uh, I can, yeah. He, he, he was from Leicestershire. It, uh, What's his role in this then? Is he is he part of the forces? He, 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 he was in the RAF, like Oris was, and uh, he um, was also part of the FIB. Okay. And that's how, that's how they met each other when they were in the FIB. Okay. And uh, they, they 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 use them together in lots and lots of uh, different things. So they bring it back to birth. Yeah. So what happens to them when they arrive? I mean, they must have thought, if what you're saying is true, they thought we've got away with this. Yeah. Well, Oris Oris said to him, "No, there's plenty of work in Burton. Mm. No, there, there's jobs galore." So he's, you know, we'll, we'll get a job. Which there was in the yeah, there were. in the tyre factories. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he said, that, "I know, I know a person at uh, a manager at um, BTR. I'll uh, go and have a word with him." So this is BTR, British Tyre and Rubber, I think. Yeah, was. yeah. Uh, so they end up living in Burton, working at BTR. That's right. Yeah. So what part of BTR were they working? Uh, it was the, uh, I think it, they, they called it the extruding. Yeah, extrusion plant. Is a, Process. Yeah, yeah. It, uh... So, just as a matter of understanding the chronology of this, then. so if they've come over in '62, what year are we talking about them landing in Burton? '65. Okay, so they've been in. Yeah. They've been in uh, up in the northeast in Cumbria and Barrow and Barrow and Furness for two or three years. Two, near three years, yeah. Okay, so in 1965, now we're in Burton. And the, the guys just say. Before they came down here, they didn't bring down here straight away. They deposited them in Durham, and uh, they were there for two years in the coal mines, working uh, um, ordinary jobs. So, so they didn't come direct from. No, that's where the the the, the Peter Lee things that okay. come from. They they there was take to, it was a new a new tower being built. Called Peter Lee, and uh, so so when these three are caught in Baron Furness, they don't come to Burton straight away. Straight away, they go to Durham. Durham, yeah, and where the coal fields, right? And from Durham, they come. They to come coming up from Durham, yeah, yeah. I'm confused now because if uh, Mr. A went up to to get him from yeah from uh, Baron Furness, right. Uh, I kind of understand why he would have come back to Burnham, where he's from, but I wouldn't. I don't. How does he end up taking? Well, he, he, was, he, he, he was told to, to drop him off there. It, it, um, but he, he didn't know anyone to get him a job in Durham. No, no. But um, there's mining jobs going there. It, it, um, right. And but then they're not under anybody's supervision. I mean, there was because there was there was a person I, I can't remember who it was who, who was in the coal field where there was. He, right. he was keeping on for this period that they was there. Right. And, uh, and then they end up in Burton. And then they end up in Burton. Why do they end up in Burton now then? Because they've, they've, they've been taken out. Why yeah. Just this, this is because of the... They wanted to gain the trust and until they got them down here and to break up um, what they thought was a spy network around the Derbyshire area. And... Uh, um, I still don't know whether whether they got him or not. I don't know if I found out anything or not. But but I think that's where this Frank 
Frank Cum comes from as well. It, just that, well, I'm, I'm still confused about this Peter Lee thing. So, so they get taken to Durham. Yeah. What's the point of bringing him to Burton? Because they knew that there's some Russian people around the area. Right. That, that, like I said earlier, they wanted to befriend him and find out who, you know, um, what they were doing. And, um, right. There was another bloke um, who came down with them. He could speak Russian as well, and uh, he made really good friends with them, you know, and, and they trusted him more than anybody. Did Mr. A talk Russian to him? He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't that give the game away if I was no, because if I was them? No. Oh, I, I used to speak Russian. He, what, you must be a spy. Mr. A was talking Russian to him. Yeah. Why would they want to talk be, Russian? Because he was, he was pretending to be against the country. He, he, he wanted, he, he wanted um, a socialist government or, uh, or a communist government. Yeah, but that's... I mean, lots of people want that, but they don't speak Russian. Yeah, he... he, he, he he wanted to make them believe that he was a true um, Soviet um, socialist. Socialist, yeah, and uh, and it, he wanted to talk with them to him in, in their language as well, uh, and to places they went to. Um, yeah, but are they are they the the thing that requires that to work? Is for them to volunteer that they're spies and speak in Russian to Mr. A. Why would they do that? Well, I don't know whether, whether they did that or not. Um, I thought we said they spoke in Russian. No, no, they, they spoke in Russian together. Yeah, no, I thought we thought that we established that that, that Mr. A had spoken. Yeah, in Russian. that's right. But why would they speak to him in Russian? Because that just reveals because the it, they they knew. That, before they came down here, when they, when, when they lifted them from from up, up north, that they were the Russian spies. They, they knew that. that uh, and did the Russian spies know that? They knew that because that's that, that's that there's been interrogated interrogated there because they knew that that there was Russian. So did the Russian spies know that they'd been revealed to be Russian Russian spies? Did yeah. the Russian spies know that the, the game was up? They they, they thought it was. Yeah, they thought it was. Yeah. And they and they told the investigative investigating people, yes, we are Russian spies. So that well, I don't know whether 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 they um, did that, um, but um, honestly, I don't know whether whether they told them that or not. Um, right. The problem is, you see, if they knew them to be Russian spies, and they kind of and they kind of knew they were Russian spies because Mister A was talking in Russian to him, and they were talking to him in Russian. Yeah. Why would they believe that uh, a ruse that they're going to go and reveal the other Russian spies was going to work? Because well, it's, well, not reveal them, mix with them, they mix in with them. But why would a Russian spy reveal other Russian spies? Well, it's not. Oris wanted to um, make them believe that he was on their side. Okay. And um, okay. Uh, he, he wanted to know. I'm trying to understand the motivations of the three men. Yeah. Who have just been revealed yeah. to be Russian spies. Well, they trust. They, they trusted him because he got them out of the situation. 
and uh, brought into a different parts of the country. Okay, okay, okay. So these three people are Paul Waldron. Yeah. What we know is Paul Waldron. What we know, yeah. Who also ends up being called Pete Lee. Pete Lee. Who also is the person we think yeah, is Fred. Yeah, Fred, yeah. Okay. Mark Tomlinson and Rick Milford. Yeah. So they all come down to Bert. And they're working in BTR. And how does it go wrong for them in the sense of Paul Waldron, if he's Fred, yeah. ends up getting killed? So in the three years that between, or three or four years, between them coming to Burton and 69, yeah. 70, 68, what's, what's going on and how does that end up well, being there's, there's, two, there's two or three things. The, the, the one, Paul Waldron and the other two were helping Horace do um, uh, different uh, criminal activities. And one of those was printing the money and, yeah. and disposing of the money. Mm. And this is you going back to using this printing press that he'd stolen. He'd stolen years, a few years beforehand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pete, Pete Lee, because um, the, the money, even though it was forged, they kept track of every, every note that um, they printed. Okay. And, and there's a quite a, a substantial amount missing. Okay. And they found they found out who had took it, and uh, so that was a black mark against him. Yeah. Um, the other was that they knew that that they were foreign agents, so uh, trying try to get a hold in England with with some other other agents around around the country. Yeah. And um, Pete Lee was uh, he liked young girls and young boys, and right. he he, he um, so he he would be considered by Mister A. As a sexually deviant, deviant, person. yeah, as okay. the person he ate, as the sort of person he hated. Okay, okay, okay. So, and that kind of stuff gets revealed in then three years. In the three he years, money, he clearly is, to Mister A's eyes, a sexually yeah, deviant yeah. person. And he's also a foreign agent. Yeah. So, but the other two. What happened to the other two? Um. They were disposed of before he was, if, if two or three weeks before him. They they they, was they were killed as well. They, they was um, killed and thrown in the trunk. And uh, I don't know right. if they ever found or not. I don't, I don't know. But um, Why were they killed? So because they... Because the government wanted them, didn't want them any longer. So they did either, either, either they found out what they wanted or they didn't find out what they wanted. I, I don't know which way around it was. But it, they uh, served the purpose. They served the purpose, yeah. And so now it's time to get rid of them. Get rid and, of them. And, you know, they know that Mr. A and yeah. Uncle Bill and those kind of people are just the kind of people to do that. That's right, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but, but you know, they didn't have lots of roots here or anything like that because they, no, they, they, they didn't have any family. No, 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 no one... I don't think about girlfriends, not to my eyes. Where did they live? One lived on Ashby Road. Which one? So uh, Pete Lee lived on Ashby Road. Tomlinson lived, lived at um, the plough opposite, up next to the police station in Burton, or Ornigler Street. Mm -hmm. And Mar uh, Rick lived in the um, house that was next to Tommy Allen's yard. And, and it's all, it all demolished when... Um, they built um, 
I can't remember the name road. There's, there's built a few houses down there. So, where is that? Is that? Which, Wigan, Wigan Street. Wigan Street. Yeah, Wigan Street. Street yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's where they all lived. Now, so they didn't live together. They no, all lived separately. Separately, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and, and they all and they all lived in walking distance of BTR. Yeah, yeah. And did you know them? I mean, I'm talking. To, forget Mr. A now and Uncle Bill. You did you know these people? Yeah. Uh, so I mean, how did you? First time I I, I met them was I, I went twice up to Durham with Horace, mm. and uh, he wanted to keep it like his family, you know, family life. And I, I, I was supposed to be his son, and uh, and that's how it was all, all the time we knew him. And uh, I was his son, and uh, even though I was only thirteen years older than me. So this is uh, before they came to Burton. This before, yeah. So this is in the nineteen sixty-three or something. Or? Sixty-four. It'd be sixty-four. Okay. So you would have been fourteen. Fourteen. So or thirteen. Okay. Thirteen and a half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why would he take you on? To, to make his stories sound plausible. Mm. You know, you want you want to take a young kid with you in here. Mm. Okay. Um, if you're not. Okay. You know, he wanted to make him. He wanted them to see him as a normal person. Just going back to something, then. Was he involved with them when they were still in Barrow? Then, when they were still, when they were first picked up from Barrow, he went up there. The, the services um, got a lock up for him, mm. so he could open, open a garage up there. Mm. Because there's, lo there's lots and lots of um, trade up there mm. with with all the Polaris um, mm. stuff, and uh, so he pretended to be working there. No, um, for, for, sure, for sure, for put a cover. a cover for a short while, mm -hmm. and uh, he said he felt you know he split up from his wife, and he wanted to come, go somewhere far away from the. So, did he get to know that before they came down here? Yeah. yeah, but did he get to know them before they were lifted by the police? Yeah, that's right. That, that was what what that's what it was all about. He had to befriend them from the from the when they set foot on the soil, English soil. He was there to befriend them and um, just get just get to know him. And uh, um, so he wasn't part of the the process. To arrest them? No, 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 no. It, it, it was nothing to do with that. That, that was the uh, um, the the ports um, army. The, they had the right. army around there. They, they, they're the ones who arrested them and took them to this, this other establishment, uh, military establishment. Right, but then just sent them to Durham. Then, then when they got when they. They took an, our uh, a military transporter yeah. to to the base yeah. and said we're we're taking these to London and uh, to be integrated and uh, th th they had the paperwork and uh, so they took them and then halfway from there to Durham they um, it was a, like a mock. Um, um, shooting where the or execution? No, no, no. Uh, on the vehicle's cab, hmm. and it was, it, it, there's all there's all three people were in on it, and um, they had a blank blank 
always had blank bullets and uh, he uh, fired at the top of the winter stream where, where they had uh, blood bags. And, uh, that sounds very far-fetched. No, it's, it's, it's true. And, uh, so, Mr. A, on the journey between when they just got lifted from yeah, from Barrow, he wasn't a part of them. No, he wasn't with them. Then. No, no. But he was he was lying in wait. Yeah, shooting at them. Yeah, with blanks. Yeah, and blood bags were being popped. Yeah. Or, Why? So to make it look real, these people, these two, the driver and the escort, were Wait, pretend, pretend to be dead. Wait. And, uh, and when they went around the front of the vehicle, they, they saw all the blood and they got into a Dormerville where, where the Morris had. Because this is, I've not heard this before. No, no, you haven't, no. So on the way to London, yeah, it was a, Pretend yeah. radon yeah. to help them escape. Help them escape. Through Horace, through Mr. A, who then takes them to Durham. Yeah. They take them to Durham for work. And uh, to just until the landline gets a bit quieter. And uh, but the Secret Service hushed a lot up. Like, but they wouldn't have to hush that up because it, I mean, it was, it was false, wasn't it? It was false, yeah. I, I mean, as far as they're concerned, yeah, you know, it's um, as far as these so three they think concerned, they've been freed, yeah, in some in some kind of raid on this on the vehicle on the vehicle, uh, which is all put up thing. Yeah, then they're taken to Durham, and then ultimately end up in uh, end up in Durham. All right. So so they end up in Durham. Now let's. Let's talk about how they end up dead. Two of them have been killed because they've because they've no something useful. The one that you thought would be killed first is killed. killed. No, he, 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 no. They wanted me to take him to Bladen Hut. Yeah, this is this Nissen Hut yeah, in Bladen in Bladen Woods, Woods, which is really close to quite close to where he's found. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just across the road. Yeah. Uh, so, talk me through that night then. So, where where did where did you get in? Where did you pick him up? What? Tell me everything about him. I, I went to uh, Asper Road where I was living. Yeah, and said that there's um, some young girls uh, uh, up at uh, Bladen House at the Ort. I said uh, they were there at uh, half past seven. And uh, did you know him well then at this point? I, I know because I, I went up Durham twice, and yeah. I, 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 okay. I know I know. Uh, and he knew that you knew that you were not related off. to Mister A. Yeah, he thought I was I was his, his um, son. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he comes along. He, he, he comes. Yeah, he comes along, and uh, I take him up to the woods, and that's when um, he goes in first, and they drag him in. Then, and uh, I have to stay outside as lookout. Who's in there? There was him. Um, there was George Robinson, who I, uh, who I caught. Uh, I knew it's Fred Armitage. Fred Armitage, George Robinson, yeah. the guy we find who lives in the hut. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All those, all those episodes ago. Yeah, that's right. So he's a real person, and he's involved in this. Yeah, he was involved in it. Yeah, he was there just to help. The, the other person was from uh, was from London, and they used to call him Brown. Brown, yeah, Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, 
and uh, it came in a black rover okay which we'll come to later won't we i think uh so and mr a was he in there he was in there. yeah definitely in there yeah so yeah. so there's mr a mr brown yeah and, and george or, george or fred but uh yeah and you i was outside okay so i'll look out the, the intention was to kill him presumably I, I, I didn't know that but was the intention no you didn't but yeah. now looking back on it presumably yeah. the intention was to kill yeah. him but but were they trying to extract some information what was the what was going on in that hut is what i'm asking i don't honestly i don't know i don't know why all i was told was to take him all there I, yeah. I don't know why okay and, and were uh, the sounds from the hut i mean were you next to the hut? oh yeah some uh, you know, screaming and uh right yeah, a, lot, a lot of loud voices it, uh, right but it's quite a, it's quite a remote little area isn't it yeah it is but the people used to walk walk through the bottom of the woods yeah. with dog walkers and well, uh, they're taking a hell of a risk then if there's someone screaming his head off well it's, it's a long, it's a long way from Hood. Yeah, quite a long way from Hood. The, the woods right in the middle of the woods, yeah. and uh, so um, if anyone could come in close, I'd knock on the door. No one ever did that. No one came close. Right. So, what happens when, at some point, presumably they open the door? I was told to go down Newton Road to, to the to the bridge. Um, next to the some pub, some pub yeah and uh open the gates and you, you didn't need a key you could i i was very uh, agile i was as a young kid and i i could jump over to the railing to the uh bridge jump over and uh, it was like a, a, a last lever there was no no lock it was just a lever that lifted when you turned the key so at what point were you told to do that? Um, this was um, probably an hour afterwards, after, after we got there. So what, someone put the head through the door and said... Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Oris did, yeah. 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 Rafe, go and, go and open the bridge. Go and open the bridge, go and the gates. Okay. And the, the gate gates of Flint Mill. That's yeah. right. And what, do you walk there? Had a bike. You had a bike. I had a bike already there. It, um, okay. And uh, so I backed down to the the bridge. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, opened it. Open the gates. Isn't that not a bit of a risk though? Because obviously you've got housing. How, I mean, houses right next. I mean, David Nathan and yeah, Gopsall were right next door. They? They, they didn't bother. If someone said something to Oris, it, it, it'd have threatened him with the worst thing that could happen to him, including it, death. It, yeah. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, okay. But. So, so you're sent to do that. What happens? And then do you wait there? I went there till they come. You wait in there. Yeah, with I, I don't open the gate until they get there. Okay. And uh, they they back the car up. So oh, they had a car. Yeah, the, the, could, the black the black rover. Yeah. Right. And could you get the car up to the Nissan hut then? Was there a was there a track that people could drive up there? There, 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 there was. Yeah, there was. Um, you could get it. Yeah. It's where Blade House School is now, and the, the Yeomanry House. I know, yeah. There was a, a little pull in there. You could drive down, down through there, through, yeah. through, through part of the woods. Okay. So so they now end up, they're in the car. So, and the people in the car, presumably, are Mr. A, Mr. Brown. Yeah. Uh, George Robinson. Yeah. And Pete Lee. Um, he's in the boot. 
He's in the boot yeah. of the car. Uh, so what happens then? I've told to go. Right. And uh, So I, how do you know Pete Lee's in the boot? Because the boot, boot was open. And, okay. and uh, when they told me to go. I don't know. It, it wasn't moving. But uh, what, Was he tied up? Was he... he was tied up, yeah. With, with, uh, up his back, uh, string up his back and from his arms to his uh, feet. And, uh, right. Um, then uh, that's all, all I know. But I was told after that, shallow buried. So it sent a message to somebody. Now, at the time, I didn't know who that was. Who that no, who they trying to send a message to? So, we mean by that is that it's he's meant to be discovered. He's meant he's meant to be discovered before he was discovered. Well, therefore, why bury him in a place that no one's going to discover him? To send a no, 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 two probably two people. There's one special person who used to go from from the mill, from from the flour mill. To to um, get get all the all the weeds and sludge out out of the uh, drain box, to um, keep 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 it flowing through their factory, and uh, and that's Frank, presumably. That's Frank. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know the time. I found that out through your podcast. Who, who he was, but uh, but I knew somebody was there. You so you independently of all this, all the podcast and the stuff were aware that there was someone at the mill that, for some reason, they needed to send a message to that's right. of, of that type. Yeah, that's right. All right. They couldn't just pick up Frank and do the same to him then or anything like that. I mean, just... I, 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 I don't know the understanding of it. I really don't know the understanding okay. of it. Okay. So that's why he's buried there. Yeah. And the intention was not for not for him to I think it's, stay there for that period of time for a long period no of time. no no he's supposed to be found straight away I think because I, I don't think why not just chuck him in the river then because someone wanted him found well they wanted him found by the particular person yeah that's right yeah when is this 1968 you're sure it's about I'm positive June July 1968 I know I know that for, for a fact okay okay which is Feasible, but it's definitely longer than the police forensics yeah, said he was in the um, ashy, ashy soil. Uh, yeah. It's wet all the time, so taking competition, I, I think, would slow down in this know. sort of. I don't know. It, it might do. But so, but what you're saying is, he was he was in the ground for three years. Yeah, um, yeah, three years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, March. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, from, from yeah. June, yeah, sixty-eight. Yeah, rather than the nine to eighteen months. Yeah. Okay, and how does he? How was he killed? Do you know how, I, how, he, how, he, how he was? I was told. He, he I was told that they um, poured whiskey down his throat and wiped out his nose, so he couldn't breathe. Just and they did that because whiskey, water, could be swallowed easier than what whiskey whiskey can, and so it, it slowed down the. Okay. The breathing. So he was drowned. Drowned, drowned him, drowned him with whiskey, yeah. I mean, that's a classic kind of film thing, though, isn't it? I've seen that in film. I've not, not seen that. I don't know. Yeah. It is. Uh, but it would leave no trace. Leave no trace, that's right. Okay, okay, okay. So, now we've covered Mr. A, how Pete Lee, Fred, ends up 
in Burton, and we've covered now how they died, and all yeah. three are killed. All three are killed. Yeah. Never found. Apart from Pete, Pete Lee's the only one. Well, Fred is the only one that's found. Isn't yeah, that's he? right. Yeah, she were never found. Right. So let's take a breather there. For I mean, a second. if they didn't want to um, send a message to anybody, then they buried him in, in, in the woods of Bladen House, deep. But they what they took him there because they knew they were no. Um, but the, the news, this person will find him. And, and what you're saying is that person was Frank Conn. Yeah, I believe it is now, yeah. Because yeah. there's no other Eastern European working in Melbourne. No, that's right. And it wasn't just him. It, it was the old group around the area they sent the message to, not just him. It was, uh, they wanted to know that um, they'd sussed out what, what, who they were and what, what they're doing here. Ah. And that hasn't come to you simply because of what you heard on the podcast. That's it's down way before the yeah. podcast. Yeah. So, but, so there was some kind of cell there, Eastern European it's cell. Cell, around. that's a word. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that Frank was part of. That Frank was part of. Yeah. All right. I didn't, I didn't know his name, but I knew there was a. Okay. The group. Okay. And how did you know that? Um, Oris told me, and. Uh, so he did this to Brown. He, 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 he told me as well. And this other one, uh, Bert, Bert Pink. He, uh, Bert Pink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bert Pink? Who's Bert Pink? He, he, he's the one who was in the RAF with him at, this, at the same time. They, they, met, they met in the FRB. He's one of them I about earlier. Right. Because Mr. Brown, Mr. Pink, I mean, it's all starting to sound like What's that? That uh, reservoir dogs. Reservoir dogs. Yeah, yeah. Just stand up that's right. Like yeah. River Trent dogs. This yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, roll the clock forward fifty years. Yeah. Before the podcast, before we met, you'd been to the police. I had, yeah. yeah. So tell me about that, and tell me about why, and tell me about what happened, and that whole conversation with the police. Well, it was closure, actually. I. I I knew I was the, the probably the last one alive and knew the story. I was on an RF for quite a long time, and uh, got to I think two thousand and twenty when I said, "I think I think I will." Uh, the story's got to be told. The story's got to be told. Yeah. So tell me how you got in contact with the police and how, where where that went from there. I got in touch with good smart 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 friend with the chief inspector. He said to me, "I'll get in touch with cold case team for you." This is Staffordshire Cold Case Team. Staffordshire Cold Case Team in, in, in Stafford, I think they are. Right. He was, he was a serving police officer, was he, at the time? Yeah, chief is, no, no, he's retired. He, he's been retired 20 years. Oh. And, okay. Uh, okay. But you told him this story. I told him the story, yeah. And he, 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 he said, he, he knew me. He, he, he knew I wanted want someone to just come out with tales. Yeah, uh, fabricate stuff. Fabricate stuff, yeah. So... You you got hold of him then, and uh, or he did, and what happened from there? Um, they rang me up, yeah, and said, uh, asked me a few questions, yeah, and I told them. They said, uh, rather than being touch, so they, they, they were. It's months and months later they got back in touch with me again, and but this is about twenty twenty. The, the twenty yeah twenty twenty yeah okay. And, uh, Got back in touch in November, and they said, no, can we come and see you? So, yeah. So uh, they came round. My wife had uh, just gone out. And they there that long. She didn't watch the afternoon to come back. They're still there. How, how, many, how many hours were they with you then? 
I think it's about four hours, I think. Okay. Yeah. So they went through the whole whole oh, they wanted to know everything about from from the start. From and, when Morris was young. And did they talk about anything? Did they talk about anything that we've not talked about? Or was that was it pretty no, th- th- this pretty much how it is on there, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, so it's it's pretty much what we've covered today. We, that's right, yeah. And uh, and what was their they was interested. They really seemed interested. There's one from Boone. Yeah. And this one from Stafford. Okay. And uh, I mean, they wouldn't be there that long asking questions if they weren't interested. And uh, they um, said, right, oh, we'll be in touch with you. Yeah. Well, they went away. I've heard nothing again since. Not a word. I've been trying to get contact them to find out. They've even, I was even told that that particular officer doesn't work there anymore. Yeah, it's feasible. Yeah. I mean, that amount of time people do move around. But but the interesting thing is, well, there can only be two conclusions from that. Either they walked away from it thinking, You're that was the biggest load of nonsense yeah. I have ever yeah. heard in my life. The bloke's just a complete fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they walked away from it thinking, right, this is really, really important. Yeah. And something stopped them. Something, some, like, they were stopped at the beginning. The police... What makes you think, what makes you think that? The case when the when the body was found. Right. When you say they were stopped at the beginning, you're talking about 1971. 1971. Yeah. All right. So go on. Why do you think that? Um, the case wasn't really investigated properly. They cut corners. And the thing I, I the thing I can't get my head around was a special constable going find the body and not running us down to the police station to tell them that they found a body or a, or a skull. If I did what he thought it was. That is odd, but but he wouldn't have been in on he's, he's not a part of it, but I just find it strange. That's shit on. Yeah. Because you were around at the time. I mean you'd been there when he was killed. So this is three years later. That's right. Suddenly it's all in the papers everywhere. Yeah. Um well, presumably you were never I, questioned or anything. No, like well, that. I, well I was stopped uh, three days afterwards after they put him in the old what, three days after he was yeah. killed? I was walking on Ashby Road. Yeah. And I was stopped by um, a panda car. Yeah. And uh, they said, uh, can you know, uh, where, where you been, where you come from? I said, I told him. Did you think at this point, if we accept that your story is true, did you think at this point... They, they sort it out, yeah. I'm going to get... Yeah. I'm yeah. going to get pinched for this yeah. murder. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, we stopped the tennis courts um, on Ashby Road. And there's two girls and a woman in the house further up, and one shook her head, and one uh, said d- didn't know. And I, I wonder what this is all about. And uh, were they witnesses to when the car went off or something? I don't know. But uh, I really thought this was because Pete Lee. And I uh, went down to the police station, and uh, I was interviewed by an inspector and a chief inspector. And, and at this point, you're thinking... This is about the murder. I, yeah, that I did. Have taken place. I really did. Yeah, and, uh, and what? they wouldn't tell me what it was. I said you know, you know what, you know what you've done. Is it just sign this paper, this blank bit of paper, and uh, we'll fill it. No, we'll fill it in late for you. <laughs> and, uh, and then we went up, went tell your dad anything about it. Said my dad wouldn't give a shit anyway. And uh, he said uh, he got a bit crossing, and they said. Uh, just sign this for you. I said, no, don't, don't, tell me what, what, what I've done. I'll sign it. And, You've uh, done it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what it was, uh, this bloke had uh, gone and uh, flashed himself with these two girls. 
Uh, at the tennis schools. So it was not to do with... Uh, no, 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 but my always been math for quite a while. It's, uh, fair. Yeah. So 50 years later, you told the police, you thought they were really interested in your story, but just went... Yeah, yeah. And, and it was a, a few months after that that you got in contact with me, wasn't it? About, about That's right, yeah. Now... Now, I wasn't going to do that, but uh, my brother-in-law kept saying, because I've told him yeah. a bit of the story, and uh, yeah. he said, uh, can this the bloke called Ken Davis doing a podcast? Mm. And he said, you want to talk, get in touch? I said, no, I don't think I will. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't know you. So, uh, and uh, he asked me two or three times over a couple of months, and uh, yeah. in, in the end, I thought, oh, I'll give it a try. That's when I message, message you. Yeah, and we've had loads and loads of conversations mm. since. So, and it is interesting, but I want to come finally in the last bit of this to this other bit of weirdness. Yeah, yeah. And and this is, I mean, the whole thing's weird. This is just on, this is weird square. Oh, this yeah. is uh, top, 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 top. This is top of the weird yeah, yeah. list. Uh, so one day you're at home watching. No, I was. Go on, you tell us. I was with my brother. Yeah. My brother's, um, he always watches, all he had to do is watch his tally. And uh, what was on was his program called Grantchester. Grantchester, which is like a. It's policing. Policing set in the 1960s. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? That's right. Which is, for people who are not in the UK, it's kind of, it's just kind of, it's standard kind of afternoon watching, isn't That's it? That's right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never seen the program, but uh, um, what it was was this. These, this copper and whoever was with, with him uh, was pulling up in the, this car, this black rover, mm. and the registration number, 218 NPU, came, you know, flashed up straight in the eyes. 200 NPU. 218. 218 NPU. NPU. Yeah. Now, why is that an important registration? Well, it wasn't at the, at the time, but it flashed in my brain. That, that, that's the car that Brown had. So literally... You're watching a TV program, yeah, yeah. and the same same car, car, same car, same make, same colour, same reg, yeah. turns up in the TV program. Yeah, that's right. That was the one outside. Yeah. That the body was carried in. Yeah, that's right. That's, I mean, it's far fetched, yeah. isn't it? And there's kind of the other end of the universe. Yeah, <laughs> right there. That, and that's where we are right yeah. now. So. So what, and, and then it gets weirder than that. So carry on with the story. So I um, saw, I tried to find out who, 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 who owned the car at the time. Who owned the car at the time of the TV, TV programme? Program, yes, mate. So my mate said, Google the registration. So I said, well, you piss off, you know, can't Google the registration. No, he said, do it. So I Googled this registration. It came up. It's been sold in an uh, Essex um, auction um, a few months beforehand. And uh, um, it turned out that uh, um, somebody in Peterborough brought the car. And um, So was it a car that was that was rented out for use in TV programs or films? And I think it was then, I've got it on, on, on my logbook at home, I think it was then T.O. Films. Okay, so it was, but it was the a film car. Com- the film company owned the car. Oh, okay. And they, they got rid of all the cars in an auction when lockdown struck. 
Right. So we're talking in the in 2020, 2021. Yeah, that's right. And, and, uh, so this was a car owned by a film company yeah. that was used in... Tiello Films. Right. But then they sold these cars, and someone in Peterborough had bought this car. Bought the car, yeah. The actual car. The actual car. You'd seen on the telly. Yeah. That also was the one that carried Fred to his burials. That's right. Right. And what happened So what happened was I contacted the auction house and told them, told them white lie, that I've got some paperwork from from the car they've just sold. And uh, the previous, the next owners would uh, probably want the... um, the new, the new owners probably want the details of the car. Which is a complete lie. Complete lie, yeah. But now you're in contact with the current owners. Yeah, so I am. What happens then? Um, there's a group of three people. I um, said, you know, I told them all about the car I wanted. And they said, uh, oh, that's, that's uh, I won't tell you, I won't say his real name. Uh, right. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's for personal use. So this, this bloke's just bought this car. Yeah. At this auction for personal use. Yeah. So I went to Peterborough and uh, gave him a bit of a sob story. So I did, uh, it's, uh, he used to belong to the family and uh, I'd like to buy it, now, buy it off you. And uh, they said, uh, well, we said, uh, everyone's got a price. Well, you know, so I, gave, gave them, I offered them a price and then they, they couldn't refuse it. So, uh, so you bought the car from this guy. Yeah. You tracked down after seeing it yeah. on the telly. Yeah, that is the car yeah. that carried Fred to his Did, burial place. Despite, yeah. and now you own that car. Now I own that car, and this gets weirder because <laughs> it's it's got to have a job to get weirder than that. <laughs> on the DLA, the DLA website, yeah, the car not registered until 1981, which is odd, very odd, because here we know it was. Presumably made in about 1950... 1959. 1959. And you've got the log... You've seen a copy seen the of a logbook of Who pe- people owned it in that time. I have. And that's for another episode. Yeah. Uh, but the weird thing is, it clearly was being used for non-domestic purposes for the first 20 years of its life, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it- it wasn't registered. And the only one to do that are the Secret Service or, or the uh, military attaches. They're the only one to do uh, or the Royal Family. It's a very, very strange yeah. situation that that car wasn't registered for the first 20 years. Of That's right, yeah. Now you, now you own the car yeah. that you think was the car that you opened the gates to the bridge for. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Back in we noticed, yeah. Yeah. We noticed. And you only saw it because it appeared to be on a television programme that you just happened uh, to be watching one afternoon. Just, no, just... You couldn't make, you could make it up, could you? And that is the complete story. That's the story, yeah. And it yeah. will never change. Because the original story no, that I heard is different no, to that. Well, originally, the, the, the three came from the north. And originally, there was no spy involvement. No, no, no well, I didn't want to put that, actually. But uh, I wanted just to tell the story that came from the north. But... Things you found out, I thought, I've got to tell the old lot. I've got to tell the old story. And that's the whole story? That's the whole story, yeah. Well, there's a bit more, but uh, I'm not telling you about them. Don't, if there's anything to do with this, you've got to tell me. If it's, if it's stuff that I don't need to know, that's fair, that's fair enough. But Rafe, which isn't your real name, thanks very much.
So there we have it, in his own words. And it's hard to ignore someone who's crying out for someone to believe him. He's saying, I was there, I was involved, I was an accomplice. Why does no one believe me? And I'm pleased we've got his own version down on the podcast for you all to hear. Because there are checkable things which we're already making progress with. And I'll share that progress with you in the next podcast. I didn't have a chance to say welcome to all our new listeners from everywhere around the world. The community just keeps growing and growing. So if you're a new listener, drop me an email to fredtheheadpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me where you're from. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your ideas. I promise you, I'll get back to you. And I truly appreciate you listening. But I promised we wouldn't spend the next series of episodes on this particular issue, and we won't. There are other people and other circumstances that I want to look at far, far more closely. Things that we never quite got round to, which may end up being very, very important. But that's for next time. So thanks for listening to this long episode. Enjoy your Easter break. And until next time, have a good one. The Mysterious Case of Fred the Head is a GSC Media production. Written, produced and narrated by myself, Ken Davis. <laughs>